You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. Um, I can't believe we're on episode 18. Yeah. It's what, 18 out of 24? So we're coming up on the end of season one. We really are. I'm trying to imagine what life will be like when we finish season one, and I simply cannot. No, <laughs> no clue. It's hard to really plan out, even as far as a week at this point. Especially, well, it's going to air in a <laughs> while, but especially this week. <laughs> right. We are currently days before the U.S. election. This is going to air much later than that. But mm-hmm. right now, Leah and I have no idea what's, uh, what state our world is going to be in when this yeah. actually airs. Are you guys okay? Are we okay? Are we... Right. Are we still releasing these? <laughs> yeah. Has this ended? Or are we, like, thriving and, you know, things are really looking up? I don't know. I don't know what it will be like. Um, Yeah, I don't want to be too negative. That seems unlikely. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, we maybe wouldn't be thriving right away, but we might have, like, some future hope for a situation in which thriving could occur. Um, yes, that's what I'm hoping is where we'll be. Remember when we were excited about that asteroid hitting? Yeah. It didn't. I guess we made it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's a shame. It is a shame. Maybe we should just mention some other space-related news that we found out recently. We've confirmed there's water on the moon. Uh, mm-hmm. The moon's the moon's wet. The moon is wet, you guys. It is wet, and I don't really know what we do with that now. We just know it and uh, look for life, or see if we could put life there. I I don't know. I don't feel like we should put life on the moon. If oh, I it's don't. Not on- there i don't think we should but i'm pretty positive someone's gonna try it um but i no, i think we've done enough colonizing here on earth and and i don't think we should expand that horrid habit into space yeah the moon's powerful enough as she is um Mm -hmm. she's perfect as she is she's even more powerful now that we know she has the element of water on her uh and she doesn't need us she doesn't need us on her. No, she really doesn't. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, if they go back to the moon and, like, if they send a woman, like, they're saying they will, like, am I going to freak out and get so excited that I cry and maybe pee my pants? Like, probably. But that doesn't mean that I think we should stay there. Mm-mm. It just means that I wish that I lived through the first moon landing and I'm going to live out those dreams in whatever 2024 or whenever they go. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's fair. I don't think the whole world's going to stop and watch in the same way, but I will. Maybe. Um, 
Yeah, we'll see what the world's like, Ben. Yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) That's assuming there is a world to launch off from to get to the moon. Right. Okay, so I think that this is a silly episode. Really? So we're talking about episode 18, (laughs) Miracle Man, and you're Mm -hmm. saying it's silly. Yeah, I think... I think that I find religion funny. And I think that I find religion that is almost on a cult level especially funny. Um, And that's a lot of what was happening in this episode. Basically, they're investigating this strange ministry um, led by this man whose adopted son, uh, Samuel, supposedly can heal people with his touch and kill them. Yes. Um, it's funny that you say that you find those things funny because, you know, here at Leah and Alana Watch the X-Files, we often try to relate these episodes back to our lives. So I think you just answered my question, but I was going to ask you, Leah, in relation to this episode, have you ever been part of a cult? Uh, unfortunately, no. I do think it would be fun to have a cult story. I mean, probably not. It might be really traumatizing. Um, but wouldn't it be pretty wild if you asked me that? And I was just like, you know, I've never told you this, Alana. But in 2012, I, <laughs> um, no, I've never been part of a cult. Um, I've seen my fair share of cult documentaries. Um, but that's, that's about it. Uh, have you been part of a cult? See, your, your, your answer is interesting because I was going to say, uh, yeah, as part of the upright citizens brigade, I was part Mm. of a, a little cult. You know what? That's a very valid point. Maybe you should have answered first. Um, Shots fired at UCB. (laughs) UCB's taken a lot of shots in the past year, I think. (laughs) Um, I think they're not not even open. No, they're not. (laughs) The cult has been shut down. It has been stopped by the authorities. Um, Or rather by the people that were in it kind of took it down from the inside. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we were part of that cult. Uh, we were pretty, I think we, I would say we were relatively deep in it, but we got ourselves out before the cult was taken apart. So I think that's props to us. Um, yeah. Yeah. For safety. And overall, ourselves. positive experience for the most part. Yeah. You know, positive I'd experience. I'd probably do it again. I mean, I'd recommend it. Yeah. I don't know if I'd do it again now, but, like, you know, I look back on that time it, it, with much joy and appreciation. Yeah. As I think most people in the beginning of their cults feel. Sure. Do you think that the people listening to this know that that's an improv theater? Um, good question. <laughs> maybe some of them. I feel like, I feel like it's fairly popular enough that that maybe think, most people... I think you're right. I just kind of hope there was one person hearing that being like, the Upright Citizens Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it it's does got, sound scary. Like, saying its full name, like it could have some some different connotations there. Yeah, I mean, if if you've never heard of it before and you just heard us say it in this context, they were probably like, "Yeah, that sounds like a cult. That sounds like yeah. a cult name." Yeah, and it is one, and we were in it. Sorry for lying earlier. Um, but back to this episode, I, I guess I, I don't know that I found it more silly than I found other episodes, but I did have a strange experience when I was watching this where it, I guess it just felt like it went by quickly and it, I don't know that it's because I was like super engaged in it. I guess I just felt like nothing really happened in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt that way too. I was rewatching it this morning and I was like, it's not ending now because it just didn't feel like enough occurred. Like there were a couple, I guess, big plot points, but they just, I don't know. Maybe they just fell flat. I don't really know. I don't know what it was, but it did feel like, like a fast episode. And, um, in the very first scene of this show, they show us um, Tennessee in 1983 and a very creepy Southern kid who we later find out is Samuel uh, brings this burned man back to life. Mm-hmm. And I can't really talk about this without jumping ahead, but literally the first note that I wrote about this episode was, if I was that burned man, I would be angry. Uh, and I thought that that was something we could like dissect and go into for a little bit. And then it turns out at the end of this episode, that is the main kind of, uh, conceit of this episode is that Mm -hmm. this man he brought back to life was so angry at him that he kind of sabotaged his ministry. Yeah, that is exactly right. I, you know, I didn't think that I didn't have that note. Um, I kind of started the episode trying to take like very serious notes. And then as it went on, I was like, all right, <laughs> never mind. Um, but I agree. And I think I had that thought more when I saw that this guy was like actively involved in their ministry. Um, but I guess, I don't know, if someone brings you back to life, you, you have to be involved in whatever the fuck they're doing. Um, I mean, you don't, but you, you do. You know, you feel like you should. Um, I felt like I should when I was brought back to life. Um, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> That's why I joined UCB. I don't remember if I ever told you. No, you never told me that. Shocking. Shocking information we're discovering here. Mm-hmm. Um, But I don't know where I was going to go with the end of that. (laughs) I really don't. You made Um, a bold claim and then there was really nowhere to go from there. (laughs) There is nowhere to go. Sometimes that happens with bold claims. Um, But this man was angry and rightfully so. Um, and I think you were on the right track and perhaps you were just having a premonition, uh, at the start of the episode. 
Yeah, probably. I have been having some premonitions lately. Um, but when I saw this first scene, I did not know that this man was going to come back in, later in the episode. I didn't expect him to. I was really just thinking, like, his body was 100% burned when this kid yeah. brings him back. And I just feel like um, I, I treasure being alive. I like being alive. But if 100% of my flesh is burned <laughs> off... I don't feel the need to live that strongly that I would want to be brought back. Yeah, I would fully agree with that statement. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, my shell is gone, so just let me go. Like, go to a different type of, I was going to say crime scene, but the fire's not necessarily a crime scene. Um, you know scene of death and resurrect someone who is more intact mm -hmm. and might not be pissed at you later in life for bringing them back because he probably didn't have a very enjoyable life after that point no and also i i can imagine that in the, the like the moments that he's brought back to life and probably for a long time he was in extreme pain uh, oh, yeah. like Burns like that are extremely painful, and I just can't imagine what kind of agony he was in. And, I mean, the medical bills he must have paid. <laughs> and reconstructive <laughs> surgery bills, I mean. Oof. Mm. Yeah. He was very angry for a long time. It was like 11 years later. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, I endorse everything that he did. I... I agree with him. I mean, maybe I don't endorse the specific actions that he took, but I endorse his anger. Sure. Yes. Yeah, that's a good clarification to make. Um, I think we should just say what he was doing now. Or do you want to save it? Do we want to go in order for the first time? No, we don't have to go in order. Um, so, what, like, the main kind of mystery of this episode is that um, people who are coming to Samuel to be healed start dying after he's touched them, and nobody really understands why. Um, mm -hmm. Is he doing it on purpose? Is he doing it on accident? But then we find out that this man who has been burned has been uh, poisoning these people with cyanide to kill them and to destroy Samuel's ministry. Yes, that is correct. And Samuel thinks for a while that it's like, I think Mulder says at one point, you know, he says that he's muddied the river of his own faith and he thinks that like instead of God coming through him, now the devil is able to come through him and that's why people are dying. And I'm like, you really think that you have just a full channel it into these abilities, which I guess he did bring people back to life and heal them. So why not think that maybe the devil wants to get on board? Yeah, it's a pretty self-important thought, but I guess, mm -hmm. I guess he's not that far off. Yeah, um, it could have happened. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, the thing that I don't understand about this episode is that um, not that long ago, 
we watched an episode where there was a psychic person in a jail and Mulder adamantly did not believe that person. But in this episode, he meets Samuel. Samuel says some very basic stuff of like, I see sadness in you. Um, I think your sadness is related to a brother or sister. And Mulder is immediately on board. He's like, this guy is legit. And I don't understand why he believes this guy when he didn't believe the psychic from a couple episodes ago. Well, I do think that the psychic, was it Boggs? Was that his name? Um, Yeah, I think so. It it was someone that Mulder had, like, worked with and profiled before and, like, could see the extent of his evil and so therefore didn't believe him because he was lying at a certain point and, like, you know, aiding in these crimes. Uh, And so I think that that's partially why he didn't believe Boggs but it, it I mean that episode it's like it's very unlike Mulder to not just like walk in like I believe you like <laughs> that one was was the the odd one out and then of course as soon as someone mentions his sister he's like I'm 100% on board tell me everything heal me you're right where's my sister where's Samantha 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 and is just kind of blinded by that because like truly that is what most of this is about for Mulder like keeping the x-files open doing all of this is to prove that his sister was abducted by aliens um and I don't know why he thinks that Samuel can help him I was a little confused on that part but we'll never know the answer yeah, Samuel does say, like, I, he says several times, like, I could have healed you or I can heal you. Like, I can heal that pain. And it's like, well, how? Are you going to bring her back to life? I mean, we don't know yeah. that she's dead. I don't know that she's dead. But how are you going to heal this trauma of this missing person in his life? Right. Like, are you just healing Mulder's pain? And, like, it, how? Like, <laughs> Just how? Because, yeah, like, he'll either, if she is dead, the only way he could bring her back to life is if he could touch Samantha. And also, if she died when she was eight, then I don't think that's possible anymore. Or I guess maybe they, whoever has her, killed her recently, and then he could have done it. But she's not here, and he's saying he can help Mulder. So it's like, you can't. you can't heal him. I just, I think it was a false claim. And I think Mulder should have thought that through before he like let this get to his head because he was healing. He was like, people were either dead and he was bringing them back to life or people were like severely ill with like cancers or like other diseases that he was then, you know, causing them to be cured from. But like trauma of your sister being abducted or kidnapped is not the same as having cancer. I don't think it can be cured in the same way. Like that's a psychological wound. Yeah, totally. It's also very unclear to me. Uh, Mulder starts seeing his sister as a child during this episode. Um, After he talks to Samuel, he starts 
seeing this little girl in this red dress who is his sister. And um, he asks Samuel, like, is that her? Was that her? Like, whatever. And it's never told to us if Samuel is doing this, if Samuel also sees her, if Mulder is just um, kind of experiencing, like, grief hallucinations, which I think we're supposed to not believe is what's happening. Like, I think we're supposed to believe this is something supernatural. But I don't understand it. I don't understand if Samuel is making this happen or is he seeing a ghost? Is he seeing... I don't know what he's seeing when he sees her. Yeah, I don't either. I do kind of think there's at one point when Scully's trying to, like, talk to him about it and, you know, she, like, knows. She's like, are you seeing your sister? It's so sweet. But she kind of implies that it's, like, the power of suggestion. Like, she heard what he what Samuel said to Mulder and like, is like, listen, I know maybe you think you're seeing her, but you know, you're probably not. And like believing in it is causing this to happen. And to me that I kind of, I kind of fall in line with that belief in this episode. I don't always believe Skelly's, um, that's not even medical, but, like, rational explanations of things. But in this one, I'm kind of like, well, it's not her, because if it was her, unless it's a ghost, like, she's not eight anymore. So, like, I don't know how he would be seeing this eight-year-old version of his sister, unless, like I said, it is a ghost, but then that's implying a lot of things. Um, and I think... his mind was just being fucked with. Yeah, and I mean, Samuel's powers in general are never really explained to us. Um, People kind of, like, offer a couple explanations about energy healing, and maybe he's able to, like, kind of control these, like, energy magnetic types of forces around people, like, energy fields around people, which is possible. But it's also, like, Samuel in addition to bringing people back to life and healing people at the end of this episode also maybe comes back to life himself and, mm-hmm. you know, is in the morgue and walks out of the morgue. And it's like, well, okay, how did he do that to himself? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Can he produce visions in people? Can he through his like energy work, create a vision of Mulder's sister? I, I don't know. And we're we're not let in on that. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's supposed to be like a second Jesus. It certainly seems like it. it and I even seems like it. <laughs> when like, he walks out of the when he walks out of the morgue, I wrote down, "We got a Jesus over here." <laughs> he do. also when he when he's killed in the jail they kind of silhouette him uh, like against the bars and his arms are out like Jesus on the cross. So I, I think mm-hmm. that, I yes. mean, the parallels are, are very obvious. Are there. there, yeah. Now, could Jesus heal people with a touch? I think so. I don't know anything about Jesus, believe it or not. Um, I know the very I'm- basics <laughs> and I don't know the extent of his powers. I know he came back to life. Um, 
Um, I'm pretty but, sure. Okay, good he, to know. Yeah. <laughs> he at least a few times made people who couldn't walk walk. Um, I mm. think he healed people's leprosies, uh, like things like that. You no, know, he turned water to wine, so it seems like that's the power of touch. Oh yeah. And uh the power of partying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the Jesus I know. Um Okay, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I do think that that was, like, the main parallel they were trying to draw is that this Samuel is Jesus. And thank goodness a reverend adopted him um, and could foster this gift and really turn it into a money-making scheme because they have Cadillacs for every day of the week. That was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about... Um their kind of like cult tent setup also oh, yeah. and the merchandise that they're selling. <laughs> I want, I want that merchandise. They had shirts with this guy's face on them. Maybe mm-hmm. some of them was his face when he was a kid, which is strange, but I think also just like this actor's face when he's a little bit older. Um, and they also have uh, trucker hats that just mm. say it's a miracle which I would love to have. I don't know if any X-Files places are selling these, um, but I'm going to look into it. Yeah. I was really interested in, there was um, someone wearing a pin that says Samuel Heels. And I thought that would be really fun to wear next to our um, Jersey Devil pins. Yes. Because there's just no context to it. Even like in... In the realm of this show, like, that's a very strange pin to be wearing, uh, but I love it. I love it so much. It's the same with the t-shirts with his face on it. Like, yeah, it's his like, face. who's that? And then there's, like, a ribbon, and in the ribbon it says Samuel Heels, which just looks like that's his name. Like, his full name is Samuel Heels. Yeah, it does. <laughs> This is just like a musician that people really like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to look for that merch and hopefully be able to find it. And if not, guess who's making it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, I thought it was funny. And I mean, I know this is like true to kind of these these types of um, religious... I don't want to say scams, but I guess they they kind of are scams. Is that this uh, this tent that they um, use for their ministries? It has like a red carpet down it. It has velvet ropes in it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's decked out. I felt like it. My first thought when they kind of like showed it was that it looked like one of those like really the only. It looked like a, an intense self help conference. But, like, my reference of that is, like, the movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if you've seen that. But, like, that's, like, the vibe I was getting from these people where it was, like, everything was, like, really fancy because everyone in it, like, really bought into it. And the people were just so enthusiastic at everything they said. Um, So it did feel, like, kind of like a self-help cult, which it literally was. It was just, like a healing cult. Um, and then I did write a note that I said, this is how I imagine all church is. Like, <laughs> I know that it's not. And I've, I've been to church very infrequently, but I know it's not like this. But like when I think of church, like it's this. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's definitely the types of churches that are uh, on television. Um, they kind of op- the evangelical kind of money making churches. Um, but yeah, they're not all like that. I I will say I went to church a lot as a kid, and my church did not have any velvet ropes. Uh, I kind of feel yeah, I feel a bit let down by that now. I'm so sorry. Thank you. If I don't feel like a movie star when I'm at church, why am I even at church? You should, and even even if they want to say that it's for Jesus, that's fine because I can internally feel like a movie star and externally exactly pretend it's for Jesus. There's also a scene in a courtroom. Um, so. Samuel is healing this woman who has cancer and she dies shortly after. And so he kind of gets um, arrested for potentially murdering her and is in court to be sentenced. And during this scene, there is suddenly a million locusts in the courtroom, which I honestly Mm -hmm. found very funny. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really thought that was very (laughs) funny. It's a silly episode. Yeah. Also, the locusts are really big. I mean, I I feel like it hasn't been that long since I've seen a locust, and I don't remember being them as them being as large as they were in the scene. And also, kind of translucent. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they were real, so maybe that contributed <laughs> to it. <laughs> Um, they didn't set loose hundreds of locusts on the set of the X-Files, but I wish that they did. They should have. That's the commitment that I want from my television shows. But also, after it happens, Scully is, like, dismissing the whole thing. Like, I mean, I understand her not believing it's, like, legitimately god-related, but she's like, mm-hmm. oh, a few thousand locusts doesn't constitute a plague. I mean, we're in farm country. And it's yeah. like, even though a thousand locusts showing up in a courtroom is not normal, Scully. Yeah. Well, there's like, indoors, though, we were in a courtroom. Like, we weren't on the farm. Like, <laughs> I did write, I said, Scully, the medical doctor, cannot accept this. <laughs> she does end up being correct it's not a plague um the reason the reason they show up is also really funny is because the burn guy whose name i don't remember put a bunch of potatoes in the vent and they just like showed up for the potatoes i guess yeah he like set like a trap like a little a little trail to lead them but like why did they come for these little potatoes? <laughs> there should be locusts all over my house if they're attracted to potatoes. And I have never had one in here. So, okay, I'm just going to, like, jump a little here because this was one of my favorite parts of the episode. When they are having another one of these Samuel Heels events, uh, and it's, like, towards the end, and... Samuel goes around and it's like clear that he kind of like doesn't want to be there because he thinks that like he's going to kill people and he wants to be in jail because he's worried that he's the one doing it and doesn't want to be responsible for this and his gift has been compromised and the devil is coming through him and he touches this woman and this 
woman who has MS starts to have a seizure and the minister it says to the room, everyone, don't panic now. Just praise the Lord. And she is actively dying. <laughs> and that, I think, is just an incredible moment. Like, everyone's like, oh, no. And Scully's like, oh, I'll come over. And which Scully doesn't really do anything besides say, like, call an ambulance and then, like, checks her pulse. But the reverend is like, no, no, no. Just praise the Lord. And then she dies like seconds after he says it. Yeah, listen, when the Lord wants you to die, you're just going to die and uh, you should be grateful for it. Well, she came there to, to not die. She came there specifically <laughs> to do the opposite of die. Sometimes healing means dying, I think. That's beautiful, Alana. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Beautiful and incredibly dark. Uh, but, you know, that's what this episode tells us. It's not me. I'm just interpreting what the episode is telling us. You're right. That is kind of... That, that, that's the theme here. I mean, it's not she was poisoned um, <laughs> by the man who was burned. She was fully poisoned. Uh, how he's poisoning them specifically... I don't know. How is he getting it into their bodies? Is there a punch bowl that we don't know about? Maybe. Um, Very unclear. Because it, it seems to only ever be one person per yeah. night. So I don't know how he's getting these people to cyanide. Good for him, I guess. He's so sneaky. They couldn't even put it in the script. I... I got to say that he is this burned guy whose name I don't remember is very scary. Uh, later on, like after he's, I, I'm saying we're covered in air quotes um, because he, mm -hmm. he looks very like, it looks like he's wearing fake skin and he's dressed in all black and he has big sunglasses and a big hat. And it's, um, uh, it's very uncanny and unsettling. Yeah. Like it looks like he's in a costume all the time is how I felt with like with what he chose to wear. And I guess, I mean, I get he was trying to hide what he looked like, but he was almost drawing more attention by, by dressing in the way he did. And he wore sunglasses all the time. And so I thought, Oh, maybe he's blind but he's, or I guess not all the time, but enough. And he was wearing them at night. And then I was like, this guy's clearly not blind, though. So, so what's the purpose of this? I think it's just to cover his face more. But it would make sense with how burned he was for him to be yeah, blind. How does he have eyesight is what I want to know. Maybe Leah, he got an eye transplant and he was very lucky. Leah, it's a miracle, obviously. It's a miracle. He touched him on the eyeballs. He did Exactly. It, but um, he could have. We do have to talk about um, the scene where I – don't, I don't remember where exactly in the episode it falls, but there is a scene when Mulder and Scully are talking to each other, I think in the police station, um, and it's very flirty. They're talking about the exorcist, about Scully mm. growing up Catholic and how the exorcist – 
must have been a big movie for her. And she says it was her favorite movie. And they're being very flirty. They're also whispering in a way that like, it felt very much to me like um, heightening a behavior in an improv scene because they start Mm -hmm. whispering. And then it's like every time somebody says something, they their whisper gets even softer and it's just like increasingly increasingly how quiet can we talk uh which i found to be very funny yeah that it was a very flirtatious scene they were either in the police station or like the hospital because it was like after this woman died and it's like a relatively serious scene they're like trying to get him this man to like allow them to do an autopsy on the woman and yet they're like over there like giggling not quite giggling but like they're on the verge of giggling and like after Mulder is like oh you must have really liked The Exorcist she's like it's one of my favorite movies and has this like little smile and I'm like where do you guys think you are why do you think this is appropriate here and now and also please continue forever also she says that in med school, they were taught that if you believe in a miracle, you're halfway there. And I was like, you were taught that in med school? What course was this? Yeah, I mean, I think that... I, <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's probably a valid thing to talk about in med school because I think there have been studies that like the power of prayer or the power of collective thought when people believe in it can sometimes affect the results of like whatever they're experiencing. Um, so there is a certain, there's a certain, I, I don't even know how to phrase it. I don't want to say that we have power over what's happening to us because we don't, but there is a certain way that kind of the things we believe play into how we're doing. So I, mm. I can understand that being something that they maybe mention one day in med school, but it's not something that like they take a whole like course on. I wish that they did. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope they do in the future after listening to this podcast. Maybe they do. Maybe it is a significant part of med school. What do we know? Yeah, we haven't gone. I will say they are on this case because the local law enforcement in reaching out to the FBI, I guess, wanted someone with a medical background um, because with the people, like they're trying uh, to get these, the Reverend and Samuel for murder, um, but none of the bodies have been autopsied and that's why they call her in and bada bing, bada boom, turns out to be an X-File. She's like, I know it's not an X-File and he's like, bitch, it's definitely an X-File. Let's go. Yeah, it's an X-File. That's clear. (laughs) (laughs) Something else that happens whenever they're in the hospital or or wherever they are, um, where they're having this conversation. I've experienced this several times with X-File episodes, and it's always whenever they're, like, in a police station or something. I listen to these episodes typically with my big uh, noise-canceling headphones on, so maybe that's why I'm more tuned in to the background noise, but there is often a phone ringing in the background of these scenes that is just, like, incessantly ringing, and sometimes makes me think that it's a phone ringing in my apartment, which is 
crazy because I do not have a landline and my <laughs> cell phone is always on silent. Um, but it's just something that I think, I, I think they do it for like, um, to set like the mood of a police station being busy or like whatever. Mm. But it's like the same phone <laughs> ringing in the background of a lot of these scenes. And I'm probably the only one who notices it, but I yeah. It. <laughs> I don't think I've ever noticed it. So, so maybe it is just you or maybe your headphones are incredibly powerful, but I do think it's funny that like on the set of this, you know, this is a very large budget show. Like they just have one phone ringing, like sound effect, and they just use it over and over again. That's exactly what's happening. I would love if somebody reached out to us and we're like, Alana, there's never been a phone ringing in one of these scenes. Um, and it's a yeah. ghost phone in my apartment. I would love that too. I would mostly love if someone reached out to us from the show. <laughs> David Duchovny emails me just to tell me this. <laughs> He's like, you fool. <laughs> there are no background noises. Uh, he's like, Alana, that was an alien. You're very in tune. <laughs> hey, if an alien's calling me, I'm ready to talk. Seriously. I mean, that's literally, I mean, we started this podcast to talk about the X-Files. Yeah, sure. But mostly to talk to the aliens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I, I, this isn't a good, I don't know. We're, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> Say it. Say it. <laughs> We should have did this at the top of the episode. But speaking of talking about aliens, we've had a lot of pop stars come out recently um, to tell us about their experiences with aliens. Miley Cyrus says she saw an alien, and Demi Lovato told us to download an app to learn how to mentally contact aliens. Demi was on some other shit. I was reading that. Like, all right, I'm on board I'm I'm here for alien contact, but her, it it just seemed so strange. And she literally, there is. I wish I had, you know, the quote pulled up right now. But she had Mulder energy in her plea because she was like, "If enough of us do this, then we can make the government like expose their lies." And I was like, "I mean, yeah, that's the plot of the X Files, Demi." Yeah, I'm going to read what she wrote in her Instagram caption. It's pretty long, so I might skip around, but this is what she wrote. Over the past couple months, I have dug deep into the science of consciousness and experienced not only peace and serenity like I've never known, but I have also witnessed the most incredibly profound sightings, both in the sky as well as a few feet from me. This planet is on a very negative path towards destruction, but we can change that together. If we were to get 1% of the population to meditate and make contact, we would force our government to acknowledge the truth about extraterrestrial life among us and change our destructive habits, destroying our planet. This is just some of the evidence from under the stars in the desert sky that can no longer be ignored and must be shared immediately. To make contact yourself, you can download the CE5 app and it will teach you the protocols to connect to life form from beyond our planet. P.S. If it doesn't happen on the first try, keep trying. It took me several sessions to tap into a deep enough level of meditation to make contact. Happy communicating. Like, she put that on her Instagram, you guys. That's just on her Instagram. And 
I mean, will I get the app? Maybe. I might. I might try it. But that's insane. Also, is this like a, a Instagram like sponsored post? Is she getting yeah. money for promoting so the app? Like, who created this app? Also, and like, what what are the grounds for it? Like, I don't. I don't know. We gotta we gotta download it and try it out. We gotta try to meditate to contact huh. these. Alien I feel life like when forms. she's like in the desert, like I don't I don't think that we can do this in the city. I mean, we could try, but I'm willing to bet. She didn't specify. She didn't specify. No, she She didn't, didn't. but I think she should have. (laughs) She was trying to be inclusive, but it seems to me if you're in the center of a city, it might be a little bit harder to contact aliens. But I don't know. I never thought that I'd be doing it through an app, so I could do it You don't think aliens will visit cities? You think aliens are anti-cities? No, I think they will, but I think... It'd be easier to see not in a city. You mean like if you're looking for something in the sky? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. But but it seems to me that what she's saying is uh, more about making mental contact, that you can meditate and literally talk to aliens. I think she's just hallucinating or tripping. Like, is she doing drugs? It sounds like she might be in the desert tripping on drugs, which good for her, just as valid, just as much of a spiritual experience, but not aliens. Listen, she was in Joshua Tree, and who amongst (laughs) us hasn't done drugs in Joshua Tree? I mean, no one. (laughs) Everyone's done it. (laughs) It is a very interesting uh, thing that part of her belief is that 1% of the population meditating will force the government to reveal the secrets of extraterrestrial life. Yeah, like if 1% of, I assume, the world's population, maybe she, she means, you know, more regionally, but of the world's population was like, I meditated and talked to an alien. The government would not say, you caught us. We've been hiding it for years. Like, that just sounds like a bunch of people did drugs. <laughs> like, yeah, it would not force the government to reveal anything. She'd need a also- different tactic. The government has put out a lot of, like, US, UFO classified information over the past year or so. Like, they've released, like, files and, like, footage that they have of UFOs that had previously been classified. Um, they've just kind of, like, dumped them out. And nobody really cares because there's so much else going on. That's so, point. I mean, but, the government, I, mean, I, I don't know how much more they're hiding, but they are releasing some things. But Alana, what if the things they're releasing are like that fake photo that Deep Throat gave to Mulder to throw us off? You're right. And there's something else. Probably true. It's probably true. How do we trust any of it? Yeah. we, We can't. All we can do is meditate and use this app. That's it. That's all we have. We just have to trust in Demi Lovato and... We will be taken to the land of aliens. I wonder, maybe Demi would enjoy listening to this. 
I think she would. I'm also wondering if the CE5 app could be our first legitimate sponsor. Uh, mm. We haven't been successful reaching out to White Claw, but no. CE5 seems up our alley. Yeah. Hey, CE5. Uh, it's Leanna Lana here. We're on board with whatever it is you're doing, and if it can help us reach the aliens with our plea, uh, we would be, I mean, through the roof with excitement. Yeah. Look at all this free promotion we've already given you. Yeah. I mean, do, do we have our questions? Sure. But I promise once I try that app, I, I bet you I'm going to be 100% on board. <laughs> well, we got a little off track. Only slightly, but... You know what? It's just vibes, Alana. It's just vibes. It's just vibes. Uh, so the sheriff kills Samuel. Okay, I'm confused by this. Um, I did assume that's what was happening. Do they ever make it explicit that... Uh, okay, so what, what happens is that Samuel's in jail... And at some point, a police officer brings in two guys, um, locks Samuel in with him. The guys beat him up, and uh, Samuel dies. And I assumed that the sheriff who did not like this guy was behind this, but I, I didn't really understand why he did this. Like, why did he have Samuel killed? I don't know why he had him killed. Um, I will say after that scene... My mom was like, oh, the sheriff did it. And I was like, I didn't even really put that together. But also, at the end, they I think a different officer comes to his house and the sheriff's house and his wife, who is ill and could have been saved by Samuel, but he didn't believe in him. Uh, it's like watching the news, which is saying, you know, that or like maybe it's a newspaper saying that like, you know, he's risen from the dead, something, something. And then the officer comes to his house and they're like, we need to ask you some questions about Samuel's death. And that to me was like the confirmation that he did it. But other than that, they don't really give us anything. Um, but that felt like, felt like a, the biggest clue that they gave. Yeah, it seemed heavily implied. I guess I just don't understand why he killed him. Like, this guy's already in jail for murder and probably would have been convicted on murder had he not died. Um, so it's kind of like, why at that point do you have to kill? Like, why does he He wouldn't have so been much? convicted, though. Because Mulder goes in and is like... You know, they were allowed to autopsy that one woman's body and they found that it was cyanide and there's nothing linking him to that. And Samuel, like, didn't want to be not in prison because he still kind of blamed himself. Um, but I don't, I don't know why the sheriff was so against him other than this cult is taking over his town. Um, but 
Yeah, something that I wrote down, like, when this was happening was that this episode is a standoff between religion and the law, and I'm on neither side. Maybe that's why I felt so, so little investment in this episode, because I'm not particularly pro-religion, and I'm not particularly pro-law either. Yeah, Uh, I would have to agree. That's why this episode was silly. So in conclusion, (laughs) religion is silly. The law is silly. I don't know how to fix it, but that's just the way it is. And the the guy who got burned was right. He was justified. I literally did whenever it was revealed that it was him. I literally said out loud, I was right. Uh, Good. As you should. I was right. You were right. You were right. And that guy's justified. And also, I was talking about how bad he looks um, when he has, like, his face made up to hide the burns. He also looks pretty bad without the makeup on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he does. (laughs) The last note that I wrote down, which, like, I'm not going to be able to convey this properly, but at the end of this episode... Somebody calls Mulder, and Mulder answers his phone just by saying, Mulder. Like, that's all he says. Mm. But he says mm-hmm. it in a way that, like, I can't, I can't recreate. He says it in a way that's, yeah. like, you can't bottle it. But it's, if I were to call someone, and even if I know, like, if I were to call you, and you were to answer by saying, Leah, that would be weird. But mm-hmm. just the way that I, – I don't know how to explain it. The way, that, <laughs> the way that Mulder says his own name is very strange. And were I to call him and, and have him pick up the phone like that, I would feel very strange about it. Yeah, the way he says it is. It's very unique, um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and in general, a strange way to answer the phone. Uh, but I think I'm going to start trying it. I'm going to answer the phone by saying, Mulder. <laughs> um and just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we should probably both do that. Yeah. I think it's the only way. I think I'm also going to go ahead and download that app now. Um so that on the app I can say, "Hey aliens, if you're listening, please come get us. We're scared." Woo!